Thank you, Steve and choir. There was an article in Newsweek magazine that said mothers are not perfect, but no one has a greater influence on our lives. That certainly is true with me. My mother had an impact on my life. She was my teacher. She taught me to pray. I remember her saying, Wendell, you better pray that stain comes out of that carpet. (laughs) She taught me logic. I did not learn logic at the university. I learned it from my mother, who had a four-word course. Because I said so. She taught me contortionism before I knew what the word meant. I remember as a little boy, I would come in from playing, and as I would come in, she'd say, Wendell, just look at your ears. They're filled with dirt. And she taught me perseverance. I remember so many times when she would say, you are going to sit there until you eat all of your spinach. My wife tried that with our children, and then she would try to sweeten the pot a little bit by saying, do you realize how many children there are around the world who would love to have what you're refusing to eat? And they would say, send it to them. (laughs) There were some things I taught them. But today we're going to look at the gifts we receive from mothers. Take your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse number 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. And for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Let me mention to you three gifts most of us receive from our mothers. First of all, our mothers give us identity. I remember... One of my psychology professors, Dr. Jeske, in a conversation with me one time said, there are three contributors to your identity. First of all, there is genetics. And we know that genetics has a major role in who we are. Second, he said there is the environment in which we grow up and learn. And thirdly, there is the uniqueness that God places within the individual. So it is God then who makes you unique, but it is your mother who usually shapes and molds that uniqueness, and so it was with Timothy. His mother and his grandmother contributed to his identity, who he was. Now you notice there in verse number 5, 
I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. So as Paul points out the sincere faith that is in Timothy, he said that faith, first of all, was in your mother and in your grandmother. Now Paul elaborates something on this sincere faith in his first letter to Timothy in chapter 1, verse 5. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. All right, so the starting point then for this sincere faith is a pure heart. Albert Barnes wrote, The love which is genuine must proceed from a holy heart. So when Paul then speaks of having a pure heart, he is speaking of holiness. That the mother and the grandmother contributed to the life of Timothy a characteristic of holiness, of purity. Probably many, if not most of you, saw the various videos of spring break this year at Panama City. As I watched, certainly I was disturbed, as probably you were, because there was very little holiness there. That was not the boy, Timothy. This young man who was impacted by his mother and his grandmother, was a man with a pure heart, holiness. Is that not what you desire for your children? I desire that my children be holy, that they be pure. And it grieves me whenever I see young people, especially who have been influenced by ungodliness, and then they become involved in ungodliness, the Bible says that he was a young man with a pure heart. And then Paul goes on to say, and a good conscience. Barnes wrote, a conscience free from guilt. Now, young people especially, let me say this to you. When you have a pure heart, you live your life free from guilt. See, I I know that there are those today who are constantly criticizing religion and the church. And they say they just want to make you feel guilty for what you're doing. No, the reason you feel guilty for what you're doing is because what you're doing is wrong. So Paul is saying concerning Timothy that he is a young man who has a pure heart. Therefore, he lives a life free from guilt. Do you want to live a life without guilt, without dread? That comes from a pure heart. And then he says sincere faith, which means undissembled confidence in God. So what did this mother and this grandmother give to this boy? Well, they gave him identity, sincere faith. They gave him a positive spirit. Look at verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity but of power and love and discipline. Do you see that sincere faith produces a positive spirit? That's what Paul is saying there. He was a young man of sincere faith, which produced a positive spirit. Now Paul says, 
as he gives us the ingredients of a positive spirit there in verse number 7, he mentions power. Now, the word that is used there within its context means power to overcome adversity. The power to overcome adversity. It is so important that we have the power to overcome adversity because there will be adversity in life. There are going to be difficulties that you face in life. So he mentions power, the power to overcome adversity. Now, as Paul is speaking about this power, it is a power that is on the inside rather than on the outside. In other words, it is a power that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. See, when we know the Lord, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our life. And it says of the Holy Spirit, greater is he who is within than he who is of the world. Parents, oftentimes today it seems to me that we are trying to give our children power from the outside in. We protect them. We give them self-esteem. We give them financial security. We give them all of these things thinking that we are empowering them for life. No. The power that overcomes adversity is on the inside, not the outside. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he mentions love. Love makes one courageous. Love makes one bold. Love gives power. For instance, love of country. We are all familiar with stories of soldiers who risked their own lives, overcame their own fear to protect the country that they loved. It is that love for country that gives them the power and the willingness to do that. It is love of family that causes us to become protectors of our families, is it not? One night, Linda awakened me from sleep and said, I, I, I think I hear someone in the house. I'm the protector. So I jumped out of bed, grabbed my shotgun, and I'm walking through the house. Nothing but shorts on, but I'm walking through the house with my shotgun. If anyone moves, they're about to meet the Lord. And as I'm making my way through the house, I notice that Linda's behind me laughing all the way. I said, what are you doing? I'm protecting this family. I am here because I am courageous and bold protecting this family. And you're back there laughing at me. But you see, it is love of family that causes us to become protectors of our family. It is love of God that causes one to give their lives for God. I, I am still touched by the Coptic Christians. And you're, you're familiar with the story recently of those Christians who were taken by ISIS. And they were threatened with the loss of their life, but they would not deny Jesus Christ. And as a result, they were beheaded. Why? Why would you do that? Because of love for God. Folks, it is love that gives us power when we have this kind of love. It gives us the power that we need to overcome adversity. It gives us the power to protect our country, to protect our family, and to be willing to die for the Lord. And then he mentions discipline. One commentator said the Greek word denotes one of sober mind, 
a man of prudence and discretion. The state referred to here is that in which the mind is well balanced. So when I look at Lois and Eunice and ask, um, what did they give Timothy? They gave him, they gave him identity. Someone else, another mother that gave identity to her son was Jockeybed. Jockeybed was the mother of Moses. You remember the story in the Old Testament how the decree from Pharaoh was that all the Hebrew male children were to be killed. And so Jochebed and her husband hid Moses. They put a basket and put him in the basket in order to protect him. Pharaoh's daughter came along, saw him there in the Nile in the basket, and so she decided she was going to take him and raise this boy as her own child. But she needed a nurse. The person selected, she did not know this, but the person she selected to be the nurse of this baby was Moses' mother, Jockeybed. I'm always amused by this because Pharaoh's daughter had Jockeybed to be the nurse of her own son, and she paid him to do it. She paid her to do it. So here is the mother taking care of her child being paid by the Egyptian government to take care of her own child. What do you think Jockeybed was doing when she was the nurse of Moses? She was teaching him who he was. And the reason I say that is because the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 24 to 25, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God. Where did that come from? That came from his mother. She taught him who he was when she served as his nurse. Mothers, you have great impact on your children. No one has a greater influence on your children than you. There were four preachers discussing which translation of the Bible they preferred. One said, well, I... I like the King James Version because I think it's such a beautiful language. Another said, well, I like the New American Standard because it is the closest to the original language. A third said, I like the NIV because it is easier to be understood. And the fourth said, I like my mother's translation. One of the guys said, I didn't know that your mother had translated the Bible. He said, yes, she translated it into life. And it was the most convincing translation I've ever seen. Mothers, you have the opportunity to have tremendous influence on your children and you give identity to them. Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, wrote the book Well Done. He said, when I was 11 years old, my adoptive grandmother took me to Michigan's Gull Lake to be baptized by immersion. I really felt that I was accepted by God when I was baptized, but What I remember most about my baptism was that my grandma Minnie made it happen. For her, Christianity meant more than the doctrine you talked about on Sundays. It meant teaching her grandson about faith. What do mothers give to their children? You give them identity. You have influence. You give them identity, who they are. You give them that gift. What else do mothers give to their children? They give them the gift of heritage. Father said that his wife had marked their children. He said, my son can stand in 
front of a full refrigerator with the door open saying there's nothing to eat. And my daughter can stand looking into a closet filled with clothes and said, I don't have a thing to wear. Mothers give heritage to their children even without a father's help, though it is much easier with a father's help. Now, Eunice, the mother of Timothy, had a husband, but apparently he was not a Christian. Because the Bible says in Acts 16, 1, And he came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek, which implies that he was not a Christian. So when you're talking about Timothy, understand that he had a mother who was a Christian, but a father who was not. I know that there are some of you mothers trying very hard to influence your children to Christ. And you don't have a Christian husband to help you. It's difficult, but my point is it's not impossible for you to do it. You can have that kind of influence. It would be easier if you had a husband who stood by your side and loved the Lord as you love the Lord. But if you don't, you can still do it. You can still have that kind of impact on your child. You can influence your child with a godly heritage even when you do not have a godly environment or community to help you. Some years ago, Hillary Clinton wrote the book, It Takes a Village. No, it doesn't. It takes a mother. And when you are committed to the Lord, then you can influence your children for Christ. I I was in, some years ago, I was in uh, Russia that was an atheist country officially at that point. I think the thing that surprised me was the number of godly people I met when I was there. I mean, people who knew the Lord, committed to the Lord, loved the Lord. They embarrassed me with their commitment to Christ. And as you talk with them, so many times I discovered that there in that atheistic country, there was a godly mother who gave a godly heritage to their children, and they were living for the Lord. I found the same thing when I was in Cuba. The same thing, a communist government. But so many wonderful believers there who had been impacted by godly mothers who gave them a godly heritage. Mothers, you can do that. Many of us, and I'm sure that you probably are as well, is grieved by what we're seeing in our country today, a turning away from God, a hostility towards Christianity. When I, when I grew up, The community supported the church. The community supported Christianity. The government supported Christianity. And that's not true today. They're very hostile towards Christianity. But even without that godly husband, even without a godly community, moms, what I want to encourage you with today is that you can still raise godly children if you're committed to the Lord. And that's what Eunice did. Look over chapter 3, verse number 15 with me. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, 
which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How did Timothy know that? His mother. His faith, in verse number 5 of our text, I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother and your mother. They passed it on to Timothy. She was committed to God. Hannah was another example of a woman who was committed to God. She asked the Lord to give her a child. God gave her a child. She gave it back to God because she was committed to Him. Moms, live in such a way that your commitment to Christ becomes the heritage of your children. You can do that. Even if you don't have a Christian father or Christian husband, you can do that. Even without a supportive Christian community, you can do that. What does a mom give? She gives us identity. She gives us heritage. And then she gives us the gift of purpose. I, I remember again with my own mom, when I was a boy, there were so many times she said to me, so Wendell, you can be anything. You can do anything. Well, that wasn't true. I mean, obviously that's not true. There's a lot of things. I, I, you know, I can never play uh, NBA basketball. I'm not going to be able to pull that off. There's a lot of things that I can't do, but I know what she was saying. I was watching Megyn Kelly the other night, and Dr. Phil was on there. And Dr. Phil had said, the only difference between you and the person you envy is that you settle for less. That's what my mother was saying. The only difference between you and the person you envy is that you settle for less. What she was saying to me is don't settle for less. Don't come up short. And moms, the best thing you can give to your children is a spiritual heritage, a spiritual foundation on which to, to build. Pass your faith on to your child. A mother's faith is convictional. Most of us received our faith from our mother. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. A mother's faith is convictional. Live at your faith before your child and let the Holy Spirit bring conviction to your child of their need for Christ. A mother's faith is communicated. Now, how do, how do you communicate your faith to your children? Education. Students, that's the reason your mom's always telling you, have you read your Bible? Did you go to church? Education. We, we had the Awanas Awards program uh, a few nights ago, and those kids came up, and, and you know they've memorized all of these verses of Scripture. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, they had their faces were beaming, but I also looked around, and I noticed there were a lot of mothers, and there were some dads. They were beaming as well, because they had educated their children in the ways of God. How do you pass your faith on? Education, but mostly demonstration. Linda lived out her faith before our children, and now our children are living out their faith in front of their children. That's the way we pass our faith on, education and demonstration. And then a mother's faith is commended, you see, in verse 5. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Their faith lived on in Timothy. And then a child lives at the purpose. So here, here's the thing. That a mother gives to us our purpose, and then the child lives out that purpose, understanding that they are partners with God. 
That's what you want to teach your child, that they are partners with God. Someone has said I can, that God and I can do anything, and you can do anything that God leads you to do as long as you have Him. The child understands that they are partners. A child understands a confidence in God that he or she can trust in God. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. The child understands that they have a godly purpose for life as we share our faith with them. Let me conclude. What does a mother give to her children? The gift of identity. She gives us the sense of who we are. And moms, that's what you do. You instill in your children the sense of who they are. She gives to them the gift of heritage. She gives them the understanding of where they came from. Her heritage. She gives to her child purpose. An understanding of where they're going. That's what mothers do. That's the gift of a mom. She gives us identity. She gives us heritage. She gives us purpose. Abraham Lincoln credited his mom with a strong role in developing who he was. He never forgot her reading the Bible to him. And he said he hadn't forgotten the the last words that she spoke to him as she was dying. She said, I'm going away from you, Abraham, and I shall not return. I know you will be a good boy. I want you to live as I have taught you, to love your heavenly Father and keep his commandments. And he promised his mom that he would. That is the influence of a mother. You know what I would imagine? There are some of you here who have never come to know Christ as Savior and some of you who know the Lord but you're away from the Lord. But the prayers of your mother are going to be answered today. For some of you today, you're going to commit your life to Christ. Some of you are going to get your life right with the Lord. And it's because of a mother who prayed for you and believed in you. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to stand. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And I encourage you today that if you've never trusted Christ, that you do so. Our Father in God, we come lifting up this time of invitation. Lord, joining along with so many prayers that have been prayed by mothers through the years for someone who is here today. I pray today that those prayers will be answered, that people would be saved, that lives would be changed. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment, we will stand, the choir will sing. If you're willing to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you come. If you're looking for church home, our doors are open. We would love to have you as a part of our family. But be obedient to the Lord today. Stand with me as they sing. You come. I'll greet you as you do.